Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 63 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week we are continuing on with this little UNESCO World Heritage in Scotland series and this week we're going to be talking about the heart of Neolithic Orkney once again heading back to the greatest place on earth. So join me for episode number 63 of the Scottish History Podcast. So once again, folks, I just want to apologise for the couple of weeks hiatus, just working, everything has been really, really getting on top of my timing and everything like that, so I'm back again. So once again on the Scottish History Podcast, we return to the utterly magnificent Orkney to find our fourth Scottish UNESCO World Heritage Site. Now we have already covered a couple of the places contained within this UNESCO site but that will then allow me to focus a little more on the other parts that make up the full heart of Neolithic Orkney. So our fourth UNESCO World Heritage Site is officially the heart of Neolithic Orkney. This contains the Maze How Burial Chambered Cairn, Scara Bray, the Standing Stones of Stennis, and finally, the Ring of Brodgar. The first of these sites, then, is Maze Howe Burial Chamber Cairn. I covered this in depth on episode number 42, so I won't dwell on it for too long. But Maze Howe is by far one of my favourite places in the world, so I do recommend that you go back to episode 42 and listen to that to find out more about this amazing chambered cairn. Moving on to Scara Bray then, possibly one of the most visited attractions on Orkney, is another truly stunning place. In fact, everywhere that I'm going to be talking about today is a truly stunning place, each for its own little different things. Now this is a Neolithic village that dates back to around 3100 BC, which makes it older than both the Great Pyramids of Giza and older than Stonehenge. It was unearthed, or technically I should say unsanded, in 1850 after a deadly storm hit Scotland which killed over 200 people. 
The winds accompanied that storm uncovered this village in the Bay of Scale, which at that time was known as Skara Bray. This then became the name given to the village unearthed. William Watt of Scale itself began an amateur excavation of the site which uncovered four houses, but the excavation was abandoned in 1868. In 1913, it was interrupted ever so slightly by a group of thieves that turned up and walked away with countless priceless artefacts of which I'm not even sure have even been ever returned. Once again, the site was abandoned until another storm swept away part of one of the uncovered houses in 1924, and it was decided then that Scarabray Village should be properly protected and properly excavated. This job was given to Professor Veer Gordon Child, an Australian archaeologist who at the time was working for the University of Edinburgh. Scarabray features eight beautifully preserved Neolithic dwellings, complete with stone beds and even stone dressers. All of the dwellings are connected together by small narrow passageways and every single dwelling features one large room with a central fireplace, two beds and a dresser opposite the doorway. Whilst when the village was originally built, the sea was around 25 to 30 kilometres away, now the village is in danger of being swallowed by the sea. Historical Environment Scotland are however committed to building upon the already established sea defences and doing all they can to ensure that Scarabray will never be lost again. Just the other week I even heard an article on the radio stating perhaps that they may relocate Scarabray elsewhere to preserve it. I hope however that they do not have to come to this sort of method. Moving on now to the Stones of Stenes, or Stenes as the Orcadian dialect. Uh, and the Stones of Stenes is a Neolithic monument which lies not too far away from the Maze Howe burial chamber. In fact, you can actually see Maze Howe from the stones. Many believe that this could be the oldest henge site in the British Isles, once again dating back to 3100 BC just the same as Scarabray. Originally, 12 stones stood at Stenes. Now, Stenes itself is Old Norse, meaning stone headland, which to me makes perfect sense, as, of course, as I mentioned before, the Arcadians would say Stenes. Stain is Scots for stone, and Ness means headland. So, stone headland. I, I just worked that out. Nowadays, the ditch and bank that would have surrounded the stones is now gone. The stones are each around 30 centimetres or 12 inches in thickness and feature sharp, angled tops. The stones themselves also stand around 5 metres, which is 12 feet in height. When this hinge was complete, the 12 stones were set in an ellipse which was 32 metres or 105 feet in diameter. There was a causeway-style entrance which faces the nearby Barnhouse Neolithic settlement. Didn't I tell you Orkney was amazing? 
but Barnhouse is not included within the UNESCO World Heritage Site. But again, it is a place well worth checking out. Nearby, another solitary stone stands, which is now just before you cross a bridge towards the Ring of Brodker. This stone is called the Watch Stone. In the 1930s, a stump of a second stone was found next to the Watch Stone also. A picture of the Stones of Stennis feature on the cover of the Van Morrison album, The Philosopher's Stone. So, if you're a fan of Van Morrison, you may have seen the stones in picture already. Now, until 1814, a stone called the Odin Stone also stood in a field nearby. This was a stone heavily linked to rituals. The stone had a hole in the middle of it, and couples getting married would join hands through the stone, and you could also make oaths or promises via the Odin Stone, which was known as taking the vow of Odin. However, in December 1814, a Captain Mackay who had moved to Orkney and had leased the farmland surrounding the stones got fed up of people visiting the stones. So, he blew up the Odin Stone with dynamite. Now that could be a tour guide embellishment, but it is something that I've heard. Regardless of how it was done, the Odin Stone was completely destroyed, and this Ferry Lauper which was the name given by Orcadians to non-Orcadians living on the islands, also destroyed two of the Stennis stones as well. After this, Mackay was visited by the police on Christmas Day 1814 and was given a cyst and suspension order for his actions. Now, part of the Odin stone did survive until the 1940s. The hole part, so the part with the hole in it, was used apparently in a mill as the anchor point for the horse-drawn mill shaft. After the mill was upgraded to machine, however, the stone was removed and it lay lying, gathering moss, until the mill owner's son was tidying up and removing the old machinery. When he tried and couldn't move this stone by hand, he instead decided to smash it to pieces with a hammer an act which didn't go down very well with his father, who reportedly said, You had no damn business to break that stone. That was the stone of Odin that came from Barnhouse. Lastly, then, we move on to the iconic Ring of Brodger. Again, you've probably seen pictures of this amazing stone circle before, especially with the, you know, the, the northern lights behind it and everything like that. Absolutely fascinating place. Um, but this amazing stone circle is the third largest stone circle in the British Isles and it is the only one of them which is close enough to be referred to as a perfect circle. It was thought to have been constructed between 2500 and 2000 BC, making it likely the last of the Neolithic monuments to have been built on what is known as the Ness of Brodgar. Unfortunately, however, the inner part of the Ring of Brodgar has never been excavated to see what lies beneath, so being able to find out a true date of roughly when this ring was built is unlikely to ever be established. 
So the stone circle itself is 104 metres or 341 feet in diameter and it is believed to have originally featured 60 megaliths. Now today, less than half that number stand with only 27 stones left in situ. A few years ago it was 29, however two of them were struck by lightning and kind of exploded um, so therefore leaving only the 27 that still stand. At one point as well, um, when it was kind of first written about, there was I think there was 19 and then they started to fall down and I think uh, at one point there was only 9 stones left standing until uh, again the sort of historical Scotland came in and they put them back into what is believed to be their original plugs. Um, so the stones that you see mostly were all fallen over and some of them could even be in the wrong place. Um, but again, don't let that distract you or, um, or anything from visiting this, this amazing place. So anyway, uh, the circle is actually set within a circular ditch which was dug out of sandstone and that circular ditch measures 380 metres or 1,250 feet in diameter. To show how important the Ring of Brodgar must have been, within just two square miles from the Ring of Brodgar, there features in total two circle hinges, four chambered tombs, more standing stones both in groups and individual standing stones, there were barrows, more cairns and mounds, making this immediate area very concentrated on what is believed to be ritualistic sites. Now, in that last wee bit I mentioned the Ness of Brodgar, which is the name for the area which the Ring of Brodgar sits on. But it is also the name given to another uh, of the Neolithic villages, which is still to this day being excavated, uh, just a stone's throw away, pardon the pun, from the Ring of Brodgar. Now, the Ness of Brodgar was discovered in 2002 and every summer when the weather is apparently at its best, the protective tarpaulins and used car tyres are removed and the archaeologists move in. So far to date, they have revealed a massive Neolithic complex with buildings, they've found pottery, stone tools and even bones. In total, they have found 38 structures which have been found since 2003 and more are likely to follow. The Ness would also appear to date back even further than Scarabray to around 3300 BC. Once again, didn't I tell you, Orkney is incredible. Now once again, like Barnhouse that I mentioned before, which again isn't far away from the Ness of Brodgar, not far away from Stennis and uh, the Ring of Brodgar. Again, these places you can all see from one another. Uh, the Ness of Brodgar, the current um, excavation site, isn't part of the UNESCO World Heritage Site currently, I may add. Um, and it isn't also open to the public uh, unless you pay either to become a volunteer or you pay to become an archaeologist. But the heart of Neolithic Orkney was designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1999 and once again 
I implore you to visit whenever you can. So folks, that is it for another episode of the Scottish History Podcast. Thank you very much for bearing with me. As I mentioned in my sort of little apology um, upload that I uploaded a few days ago, uh, upload days are going to be a little bit different because my days off are now going to be a lot different. When I get the time to catch up with myself, um, I will record, uh, write and record two or three episodes at a time so that I can try and get them back out on the Sundays uh, because I think the Sunday was kind of the best upload day. So thank you again for bearing with me. Thank you everyone once again and even more uh, people for messaging for emailing you know just questions and things like that it has been an amazing response since i started doing this podcast uh, almost a year and a half ago now actually no we're almost uh oh, I, what's that one year and nine months really um since i uploaded the first ever episode so again the, the response has been fantastic thank you very much to all my new patrons and and everything like that it, it is utterly utterly incredible um so if you want to get in touch with myself you can do so via the email that's probably the best way of doing it and that's scotthistorypod at gmail.com alternatively if you go to my website which is www.scotthistorypod.com scotthistorypod.com there is a contact me uh, sort of little bit on there send me a wee email on there and then I can respond via that way alternatively you can do it via Facebook Twitter and Instagram just search for the Scottish History Podcast or even easier Scott History Pod and lastly if you do wish to become a patron of the podcast which basically just helps for making sure that the podcast stays online uh, and things like that um, it is Patreon, so P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Scott History Pod. You can also do the buy me a coffee thing, which is just a one-off donation if you want to do it that way, which is just buymeacoffee.com forward slash Scott History Pod. Once again, though, folks, thank you very much for listening, and I will speak to you again next time for the last of the UNESCO World Heritage Site episodes. So stay tuned for that, and I'll speak to you again next time. <laughs> 